Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Pet Psychic Radio Show on blogtalkradio.com, starring Laura Stinchfield, the Pet Psychic. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura Stinchfield, the Pet Psychic, and I can hear animals telepathically who are living now as well as those who have crossed over. This show is dedicated to teaching you and your animals how to understand each other better. So you can log on to uh, thepetpsychic.com for more information about Laura, the Pet Psychic, tips on animal communication and animal behavior. You're listening to the Pet Psychic Radio Show on blogtalkradio.com. Call in at 917-889-2693. That's 917-889-2693. The chat room is open for chatting, and I am your producer and co-host, Aiku Suhara. We have Kendra and Diana on the phones. Thanks, ladies. Uh, so, Laura, I just wanted to tell you about Aloha, my poodle, who just got back from her first non-anesthetic teeth cleaning. So cool. Yeah. How did, how do you, how'd she do? Were you, were you um, able to watch her? No, actually, I didn't watch her. I just sat in the chair because I, I, uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to leave or come back. So mm. I, I actually didn't get to see what happened. But they it took only 15 minutes, and they used an ultrasonic teeth cleaner thing. I know that and, machine is so cool, how it just whips through the mouth. I've never seen it, so yeah, I don't it's know what it's like. It's, it's like going to the dentist, like us going to the dentist, that machine. Wow. It's really they, cool. Yeah. So you want to ask her about it, see how she did. Sure. It only took 15 minutes, and oh, and two of her teeth fell out because they were so black and old and gross, and now her teeth are all white. It's amazing. Oh. Poor thing, though. I wonder if it hurt when they fell out. Or yeah, will you ask her? Bothering her. Yeah, I sure will. Hold on. I actually enjoyed the experience. Well, that's surprising. Yeah. How? Because she kept saying I was such a good girl. Did she say? <laughs> did she say Probably. that? Probably. <laughs> the the um the do- doctor did. She said she was really well behaved. Oh, she did. Oh, how funny. <laughs> And my mom told me all about it before we went. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she I told did. her all about it. Oh, that's so good. See, that helped so that she didn't think it was so strange. Yeah. When my teeth came out, she was like, oh, my gosh, look at this. <laughs> and I thought to myself, whoa. That's like a lot of teeth. I had no idea they were going to fall out. Yeah. No wonder they were hurting while I was drinking water. Mm. They were chilling me. But they don't chill me anymore. Well, that's mm. interesting that they don't what, chill her anymore. What does that mean? It means that she was getting like, you know that, oh gosh, it reminds me of fighting on tinfoil. You know oh, when you're... yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, I just oh. saw it makes me shiver. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Well, they were awesome. And um, if anyone is in the Los Angeles area and you need your pet's uh, teeth cleaned, I highly recommend the Smile Specialist. And their um, Twitter account is at Pet Teeth Cleaner. So that's at Pet Teeth Cleaner. I think it's so funny. Oh, sorry. I think they're so funny that they're like the Smile Specialist. They're not like the dog Smile Specialist. (laughs) I know. I wonder if like people call them by accident and think that they're like human dentists. Oh, what a brave aloha! You know what? Yeah. It's so much better. Like my my dogs get that as well, the non anesthetic, and it's it's so amazing to me how many animals go under anesthesia that don't need to go. Yeah. Mhm. You know, because it's so easy and it's efficient. And it gets done. So. Yeah. I know. I I was amazed. I really thought since her teeth were so bad, she was going to have to go under. But, I mean, they just fell out during the thing. And um, we were lucky in that sense that I didn't have and, to put her under. Yeah, and the other thing that's pretty amazing is that that 
smile specialist sounds like she's a vet too, right? Didn't you say yeah. that her a DVM at the end? Yeah, so, she has a DVM at the end. So she would probably know if something looked funky where you felt like you needed to x-ray it or something. Yeah, before... Know. Before I went in, she, I mean, before she went in for her appointment, she said, oh, you know, we'll see how it goes if it's going to, if it looks like it's going to be too much for her. You know, I suggest you go to your vet and then, you know, go from there. Oh. So she was really good at explaining everything to me. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, so, so good. great. And it's a pet dental month, according to the pet press, so... <laughs> Coincidentally, perfect so. timing for Aloha. You're very efficient with that type of stuff too, I. So I can see where you'd be on top of it. <laughs> I know. Dental month. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, take some calls, shall we? Okay, let's do it. Okay, let's see who we have here. And our first call is uh, we have a six-year-old Jack Russell who died two years ago from a snake bite. So let's find out from Beth, the mom, and see what's going on. Hey, Beth, what's uh, your Jack Russell's name? Um, the one that passed away, um, his yeah. name was Petey. And um, I really just can't forgive myself. I feel like I should have done more, uh, you know, saved him somehow. And then I have another Jack Russell who looks a lot like Petey, but his very, very timid. He's not your typical Jack Russell at all. And his name's Toby. Mm. And I have a hard time letting Toby run in the yard and do anything, so I'm afraid that something will happen to him. Oh, did it happen in the yard? Yes. In, it was your, outside, in your yard? In my yard, yes. I was outside throwing a ball, and I went to pick it up. And he had had two knee replacements, so he didn't, you know, he didn't play too much. I was playing with a female, and he came flying off the porch, and I said, oh, you want to play? And he went past me, and that's when I saw the snake, and it was right oh. by the ball. I think the ball hit it, and um, he saw me reaching for the ball and came and, you know, he, he killed the snake, but he didn't make it. Oh, wow. Oh, my God, that's so interesting. Maybe he knew the snake was there when you were reaching for the ball. I think so. Cause like I said, he was on the porch kind of chilling because he, you know, had arthritis and just didn't let yeah. his best. And he saw me reaching for the ball and he came flying off the porch and I thought he was going to play. And he went past the ball and just grabbed the snake. Okay, so let's talk to him and maybe he can say something to you too about your fear about your other dog being out in the yard. Though I would be a little bit fearful about that too, you know, if you, especially if it happened in your own yard. Um, but it was six years ago, so and you haven't seen any rattler since then? It's been two years, and yes, I have. Oh, I actually had a, a snake handler come out and go through everything and tell me what to do to kind of clear the debris and, you know, oh. to make it where it's not such a hiding place for snakes. Because I have a, yeah. you know, I live on six acres, and I have the backyard fenced in, which you think would mm. be pretty safe. But yeah. they, um, they can crawl through the fence, so. Yeah. Okay. Okay, then let's get let's get Petey, right? It's Petey. It's Petey. The thing that I want to tell my mom is that I'm okay. I know that it was so traumatic for her. I know that it scared her and freaked her out. But I have to tell her that I'm all right. When I first was dying, I didn't like the idea of it. And I think my mom saw that fear in my eyes. And I think that fear in my eyes has been held inside of her. Yeah, that's true. But I want her to know that I'm happy. I'm here with a really nice woman. She takes care of me. She throws the ball for me. She hugs me and rubs my belly, and she used to know you. And that maybe like a mom or a grandma. And yeah, my mom. My mom passed like two months before that. Oh, I think it's your mom. It's your mom that's with him. Oh, that's so nice. He says that she says family is always together. And mom, you have to know this. I'm always in the kitchen with you. 
And I'm always with you. Yeah, he follows me in the kitchen. Aww. So he's saying that he hangs out with you a lot. I'm going to ask him about what 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 do you do about your fear of um, letting – what's your other dog's name? Toby. Toby. What about letting your – what about the fear of letting your other dog in the yard? Mom um, doesn't well, have – wait, he's saying – Mom doesn't have to worry. Mom, I'm guarding the yard. He's talking really fast, but he's saying uh, he's saying me and and your mom. We are very protective. We don't let anything bad come in your space. Everyone's gonna be okay. And, Mom, I knew that snake was there, and I thought for sure it was going to bite you. So I went there to save you. I didn't go for the ball. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. Aww. I don't mean to get emotional. You would think I'd be over it in two years. No, it's a really hard thing. It's hard to lose a pet, especially when they when they die so young. I mean, six years old is young, especially for a Jack Russell. And, like, it sounds like it was a really traumatic experience. I could see, you know, and it happened in your own space. And so to some extent that is imprinted in that space and imprinted in you. And, you know, just to know that he's okay and when you go out there, know that your mom and <laughs> – and him are, like, protecting the space. I think that's really cool. And it looks like if they don't keep the rattlesnakes out of the property, they're going to help Toby not go near the rattlesnakes. So um, so I I feel like it will be okay. Well, thank you. Could you tell Toby to pee outside and I'd feel better? <laughs> pee outside yeah. and stay away from the snakes. That's a well, thing. Yeah, and I think it's my fault because I'm so afraid to let him out with a puppy that now he doesn't, he'll go out and use the bathroom sometimes, but that's not his favorite place to go. Mm. Yeah, well, with dogs at pee, unfortunately, it's more our fault than it is theirs because if you don't train them, like you said, from the very beginning where it's appropriate and then you allow them to do to do a bad behavior, so... Even when I talk to him, if you didn't train him from the very beginning, you kind of have to go back to puppy training and either have him on a leash or watch him 100% or um, or have him in, like, a small area that he won't go to the bathroom in. So you kind of have to be on top of him. But, Toby, do okay. you hear me? You only have to go pee outside. Very, very important that you pee only outside. It's gross if you pee inside. Well, he pees on his pee-pee pads. On the garage. Oh. I mean, that's that's where he goes. But you know, he, oh. he doesn't pee in the house. He goes in the garage. So that's where I let him go with a puppy. But he, you know, it's pretty weather, and he has a flap so he can go in and out the garage. And I got a four by four cage. Oh, well, then what, so, you have, what you have to do is close the flap and not let him into the garage. So when he whines to get into the garage, you take him outside. Okay, so that's good. that's good. And thank you for um. Helping me with Petey. I do feel better. Oh, good, good. Thanks, you, you got, oh. Aw. Yeah, uh, with the peeing, that's true, right? Like, you have to, it's really usually our fault. I know when I haven't been able to, uh, when I used to have those problems early on, when I first got an animal, I didn't know how to do that stuff. Yeah, and especially with the pee pads, it gets a little tricky, it gets so tricky with the pee pad. So if you want a little peeing lesson or mm-hmm. housebreaking lesson. So dogs by nature won't go to the bathroom in their own space. Like even when they're like a good breeder or, you know, a good situation when a dog is being raised by the mom, the breeder will have two different um, two different surfaces in the pen with the mom, and the mom will even push the puppies away. So they might have, like, outdoor carpet and cement or something. And mm-hmm. so the mom will push the puppies away from the outdoor carpet to the cement. And so the mom usually does the job of, like, teaching that you pee, pee and poop away from your own space. Mm. 
But then when we bring them into our house, it's so important that they learn that our house is their own space and that they need to go pee and poop outside in the appropriate area. So um, what you have to do is either keep them in an X-pen or a crate, which is a small enough area that they won't go to the bathroom in, or keep them on a leash so you can watch them, and when they look like they have to go, you take them out, um, or, um, or you just keep your eye on them. So now one of the number one mistakes people make is that they put a pee pad in the X-pen with the dog. And when you put a pee pad in the X-Pen with the dog, you're actually teaching the dog that it's okay to pee in their own space. Mm. So when you take them out of the X-Pen, they think that they can pee anywhere. Um, Or, like, with the pee pads, if you're going to use something like a pee pad, you want to put it in a litter box or you want to put it in, like, a box or something because they'll start to think, like, any bath mat, kitchen mat, towel on the floor – is a pee pad. Anything that's white and looks like a pee pad will then become a pee pad to them. I've That's happened to me before. I've had dogs pee on my bath mats, and I was wondering why they did that. Yeah, probably if they knew a pee pad before, that's probably why. Yeah. And then um, the other thing about housebreaking, like, so puppies will have to go to the bathroom as soon as they wake up from a nap, Uh, like a half an hour after they eat and in the middle of a big pee session. So you just want to, or in the middle of a big play session. Mm -hmm. You just want to watch and at those times make sure that you take them out. Now, if you see them going to the bathroom, you want to just say no pee-pee, you know, mark Mm -hmm. it as a no, and then take them outside and get them to go, tell them to go pee and poo-poo outside. And then also, like, when you know they have to go, like, right when they come out of the X-Pen or right when they come out of the crate or right when they wake up in the morning, take them outside, tell them to go pee-pee, put a command to that. After they go pee, tell them good pee-pee or potty, whatever name you want to call it, and then bring them back inside so mm-hmm. that they realize they go outside to go to the bathroom and then they come back in to go to the bathroom. Then they come back in to, you know, play yeah. or so that they don't think, oh, they just happened to pee outside and now they're playing. (laughs) Right, right. That's so helpful. Yeah. Some trainers will even go to the same extent of until your dog is house trained, it can never go outside to play. But I don't really, I don't really go that far with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's so extremely helpful because I know when I didn't know how to do all that stuff, it was really frustrating and having pee and poop in your house is not fun. It's so gross. It's so not fun. So, so especially gross. if you have carpet, it's terrible. I know. I know. Uh, well, uh, we have a very, very special guest today, um, and I'm very excited to have on our Thank show uh, Zach from Marley's Mutts is our very special guest today. Hi, Zach. Welcome to our show. That's me. How's it going? Great. We're so excited to have you on for so many reasons. First of all, tell us about um, how Marley's Mutts got started. Well, I'll try to give you the synopsis condensed version. I'm a little okay. long-winded, so I'll have to go against my nature. <clears throat> but uh, I was diagnosed with end-stage liver disease in 2008, basically June of 2008, and um, needed a liver transplant. I was uh, 28 at the time as a result of of acute alcoholic hepatitis, which is basically drinking your drinking and using your liver into failure. Um, after about a month and a half in the hospital, I got transferred to a comprehensive transplant at Cedar sinai and as a part of, of being a part of the, that program, you have to, one, make yourself physically able to take transplant. I was too sick to... Um, your blood doesn't clot when your liver fails, so I, I needed to get myself healthy enough to to take a transplant, and I had to stay. I had to meet some of the requirements, which were um, physical, you know, maintaining sobriety for six months, and then um, and also passing, you know, a variety of of mental uh, evaluations and making sure I was kind of spiritually fit to uh, be a good candidate because I don't want to waste livers. So um, I got sent home after um, you know a month and a half at the hospitals to try and better myself, try and get myself on my feet, but I was um, about, a, about 40 pounds lighter than I am now. I'm in excellent shape, uh, but completely yellow, nine months pregnant, swollen belly. It's a condition called ascites, and 
Um, never been, you couldn't imagine a sicker person physically as well as emotionally, spiritually. Um, so what I did was I, I had started a foster program with the Humane Society. I started walking my dogs, um, a couple of my rescue dogs, Marley and Tug, a little bit here at a time, a little bit there. Again, I was very, very ill, so I couldn't go very far at first. Um, but with their urging and um, kind of establishing a, a program with them, that's all I did for the next six months was um, was walk. And then I started to be able to jog. I started to be able to exercise. And then I, I took on a larger um, mental commitment with the dogs and started rehabilitating larger dogs, again, with the Humane Society. And... Um, kind of gave me an idea to, to, to keep it going, to give back what they gave to me, which was, was my life. Uh, six months after I got out of the hospital, I no longer needed a liver transplant. Uh, my, my body had kind of uh, really magically healed itself um, due to all the, the um, therapy that I was doing with the dogs. And um, I maintained my sobriety. I'm still sober, coming up on five years. And I started Marley's Mutts in June of 2000, well, actually May of 2009. I uh, is when I incorporated, when I started the actual company. And uh, we've been going strong ever since. We've been non-profit since two th- May of 2010, and um, almost 700 dogs later, uh, mostly large dogs. Large dogs are much more difficult to place and socialize than small dogs, um, especially in our area of Kern County. So uh, that's where we find ourselves now. We do outreach with uh, with other people that are in my situation as far as addiction and alcoholism, and um, we re- rehabilitate um, scared, fearful shelter dogs. Wow. Congratulations, and it's, your story is so inspiring. Um, it's really touching to me personally because my mother is a recovering uh, alcoholic, and I actually had a liver transplant with her because she had end-stage liver disease as well. Oh, wow. And so we did the living donor transplant. The partial liver transplant. Yeah. Yeah. I have yeah. a twin brother. He was my partial lobe transplant candidate, but he didn't meet the requirements. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. you didn't need it, so. I didn't. It's, it's kind of a, most people yeah. that go through this are much, much older than I am. So there's yeah. a, a, you know, a regenerative quality to the liver. I have significant cirrhosis, which is scarring that will never heal. But there's um, there are different stages of damage to your liver. And when you, if you're young enough and if you take good enough care of yourself, a lot of it's diet, a lot of it's exercise. You know, you can um, your your liver can regenerate, and, and the parts that were very fatty and, and leaning towards cirrhotic can kind of heal themselves and and um, regenerate. Right. So that's, that's where we find ourselves. You wouldn't know by looking at me that I that I have <laughs> liver disease. Wow, that's amazing! Wow, and Marley is just also a hero. Yeah, that's my boy. Marley yeah. is a is an interesting dog because. He, what happened was there was a, another dog rescue that did just this. It was a woman. Her name was Leslie Monyo, and her rescue was called Canine Canyon Ranch. And when I was rehabilitating, um, I went over to her place, and I, and I saw this, not to be chauvinistic or anything, I saw this woman with all of these large dogs, very intimidating dogs, Rottweilers, Shepherds, all of which came from our local shelters here in Kern County, which is, Kern County is the Missouri of, um, as far as, dog breeding. Kern County is the Wild West when it comes to um, stray animal population and euthanasia rates at our shelters. And she had these dogs living in a pack at her place, just like her dogs, you know, and and I'm going, that is magical. And she maintained this symbiotic harmony using her pack leadership and her, you know, assertiveness. And um, I thought, shoot, man, I can, you know, I can do this. So she kind of taught me the basics of um, wound care and vaccinating and being assertive, and and then sure enough, she up and left in uh, in May of 2009, and left a a vacuum, you know, left a, a void, and mm-hmm. so she kind of she had a going away party, and the the point of her going away party was twofold: one, to say goodbye to everybody, and two, to properly kick me in the rear end and motivate me to uh, take her place. So <laughs> that's kind of what I did, and and just uh, one step at a time. That's so cool. And today we're going to be talking to Baloo. Baloo is a Brazilian Mastiff. Is he available for adoption, or what's going on with him? Yeah, he is, uh, although the, the Facebookosphere would very much so like me to um, to keep him as a permanent dog. Um, it really, because of his bite history early on, we need to find a family that is uh, that we can properly communicate his little peccadillos to, 
which would mm-hmm. not be that difficult because he's really come around in the last couple of months. Um, however, the beginning of the way he began his his rescue life uh, was pretty tumultuous. What was his bite history like? I mean, did he break the skin on people? Yeah, well, he had, animals. He, if I can give your listeners a brief history mm-hmm. of him, he came from the Mojave Animal Shelter, which is kind of an outpost in the middle of nowhere. No adoptions ever happened there, and a buddy of mine, animal control officer wanted me to to save him because he's large, he's majestic, he's black, you know, and we have a particular mm-hmm. affinity as rescuers for black bully mm-hmm. breed dogs. Um, and she didn't want to put him to sleep, you know, and so uh, we went out there, and, and he was very, very fearful. I mean, fear just emanated out of him, and um, that would translate into human aggression um, if you acted timid, if you acted, if you tried to make a stand with him but weren't confident in your own position he could see right through it and he'd he'd let you know it um he's very dog aggressive um where he stands and the way his bite history happened by from a family that had come to know him spent many days up here at the rescue walking him getting themselves comfortable with him and they actually came one day to to walk him and she had a she had a hat on and uh you know how it is with mastiffs they have those jowls you kind of just want to grab them in the jowls and look for kisses you Mm. know and he didn't recognize her with this hat on at all. I mean, so she walked through the front door, and, and I was in my office, and she went down on her knees to give him a kiss, which she'd done before, but just not with a hat on, and uh, he bit her in the, in the face. And oh, it was just wow. purely reactionary. He was backed into a corner and didn't recognize who this, who this, you know, organism was that was invading his space. Um, yeah. And by his body language, I'm sure, and she recognized it too afterwards, his body language gave off please leave, you know, please don't come into my space, leave me alone, you know, until properly introduced. So other than that, you know, he uh, he doesn't have, uh, none of this has been cataloged. He doesn't have an official bite history. Um, mm. And is he good with other dogs now? Did you get him dog yeah, socialized? He's, he's spectacular. He's actually my, oh, my, good. my pack general. We have, uh, because we have so many dogs that come in here that are fearful, um, that will strike out of fear that, um, they need strength both in dogs and in their human counterparts. So I, I need to do my best to exude confidence and assertiveness as I comport myself in, in every aspect of this uh, rescue life. And Baloo mm-hmm. kind of does that with the dogs. He's so He's been through so many dogs. He's been up here um, eight months. So he's been through so many, so many dogs. And he's so large, being about 115 pounds. And he's built like a linebacker. He looks like Ray Lewis. Um, <laughs> And so he's uh, they, he, he kind of establishes that that uh, that harmony in that he's so no one wants to challenge him. They'll mm. posture a little bit, and he's he's very um, non-reactive with the dogs. He kind of will posture to kind of how Marley used to do in the beginning. Now Marley's coming up on 11 years old; doesn't quite have the hook uh, he used to have. Does he does he play with other dogs? Yeah, he does. We go for pack oh, runs. So one of the ways we um, he he doesn't play bow and. Um, and, and really, um, like, play roughhouse all that much. He will with uh-huh. a couple of dogs, but uh, that's not really his forte with the little ones. He kind of looks to them, looks at them as, like, I mean, really everyone's littler than him. But yeah. uh, we go on pack runs. That's how we establish um, kind of the hierarchy and mm-hmm. also um, allow them to, to, to really f- it's to fall behind my, my Pied Piper uh, role that I'm trying to, display here so we go on a lot of pack runs we live on a up in the mountains up at six thousand feet and we live on a cul-de-sac we don't have many neighbors Mm. and we go for runs off-leash runs sometimes on leash depending on what stage of rescue they're in and how comfortable i feel with their Mm -hmm. Uh, but baloo really how that's when he gets uh that's his play uh is when we're Mm. on the run the dogs will follow him you know to and from and here and there all the while following me but they'll take little um, they'll go off on little tangents while in the same direction I'm running. They'll go, you know, spread off into the forest for a little bit, never more than like 10 or 15 yards. But uh, okay. okay, so let's talk to him. He's so, sitting right uh, here in the sun waiting for you. Oh, okay, great. So you wanted to know, like, what, he has scars on his face, and you want to know where those came from, and also, like, if he wants to find a home or not, or if he's good staying at the at the rescue. Yeah, he has um, scars on his face. There, he has black fur, um, and 
literally dozens, if not hundreds, of uh, scars oh. on his face. Other parts of his body too, but much more prominent in his face. Oh, okay. I'm gonna start first out with with how he's doing at the rescue, and just kind of start off with something a little bit more positive, and then okay. and then move move into that. Okay, let me get him. I have to say, I'm a different dog now. I know that I used to be really scary, but I'm trying really hard to not be as scary. I used to want to be scary, but now sometimes I just want to relax. Sometimes I still feel it coming on. I look around, and I see people I know. And I feel better. I can start making decisions now. I want to say thank you. Especially to Zach. Because he was the first one that trusted me. And I didn't even trust myself. And I just want to say, Zach. If you help a million dogs, I want to say I'm one that will never forget you. My God, that makes me want to cry. <laughs> I'm so sweet. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask him about if he would want to find another home. I want to know if Zach thinks anyone could handle me. Because my only fear, somebody won't know how to be my friend, and then I'll get confused on where I am. I feel like I know the routine now, and I feel like I know the smells and places, and although I would love my own home, and I would love my own person. I'm a little bit scared. Well, that's pretty much I think, all I needed to know. <laughs> yeah. Aww. You got me borderline theory on the radio, by the way. That was borderline theory. Oh. You kept talking. Oh. You wanted that's to go for back-to-back tear sessions on your program, is what you were going for. <laughs> No, you know, sometimes I start to cry, you know, during the, like, when I'm talking to them. And, like, sometimes it's my tears because, you know, it's just so touching. But, like, a lot of the times it's their emotion that literally comes through me. And so with a little bit of both, I almost started, like, (laughs) I wanted to sob. That's very similar to what you said was so accurate. Two two things I want to talk about. One is watching his, his demeanor and his facial expressions while you were talking, mm-hmm. is, uh, it was interesting because he oh, perked up several time and times and then looked away and then looked at me and then looked away and then looked at me. <clears throat> and um, and you're right, you hit, it on, hit the nail on the head as far as, you know, that's exactly where we find ourselves. And he, he I know it's not always good to anthropomorphize your dogs, um, mm-hmm. but he looks at me just that way. Like, I'm really trying. I figured this out. Um he got in a couple of situations where he mauled one of our permanent dogs in the beginning badly, and then he um, he injured a couple other um, dogs. This is in the very beginning. This is months ago. Um, mm. All out of fear. I mean, tr- tremendous fear. You know, a lot of spatial issues. And um, but uh, he's gotten exponentially better, especially in the last several months. We've had a lot more people up here, and other people that he trusts, and. Uh, you know, he's he really has figured out a routine, and he does know the smells, and he does know the the program, and he's he's become an asset. You know, he really has um, because he's mm. he's kind of the way he acts, his comfort level, and uh, you know, everything's energy based, and the way the the calm energy that kind of pours out of him really does translate and tr- transfer onto the other dogs um, when they see how he walks around and comports himself, and he's so big. They kind of go, okay, this is what we're supposed to do? This is how we're supposed to roll? All right. 
So it really does help having him around, and he uh, yeah, he really right. does have a job now. He has a yeah. job, and aw, definitely. Let's ask him about his scars. Um, okay. I'll... It's really not that good. It was one bad incident. Oh. Oh. You said it involved him going after someone. Do they look like, um, God, this is kind of sad. Does it look like scissors? Um, it looks like he got stuck in the face by a porcupine. He's got hundreds of little, I mean, dozens of little scars. I know that they're scarred because we have had so many black dogs where they get scarred um, and it grows out white. No, I feel like somebody was holding something. He says, no, somebody was holding something. All I remember is a loud noise. And I remember banging in the background. And I was getting attacked by these things. And it was sharp and I was getting poked. He was definitely younger, much younger when it happened because he's probably not quite three. We've had him for at least eight Mm -hmm. months. And, uh, you know, there was, the scars were considerably older. Probably happened when he was a puppy because they're on his ears, they're on his jowls, they're all over his face, around his eyes, and they're, of course, nowhere else on his body, except he has a couple other scars that were probably from running, where he's Mm. obviously, you know, tripped up on something. You can feel the the kind of abrasion underneath the fur Mm. on his skin. Maybe that's why it's a little bit distorted for me, too, like if he was much younger and maybe he just has it as, like, this this Mm post-traumatic event where just nothing really sort of is clear to him either. Yeah. But it's interesting. I hear a loud noise behind him. Like, um, it reminds me of, like, the sound of a garbage truck, like, knocking something in, like that big bang. And um, and then in front of him is a person. But, like, I thought the person had scissors, but, it, but you're saying it sounds more like he got his nose stuck in a porcupine, literally. But yeah, but we don't have porcupines here. Oh, well, maybe, actually. Here, I have... You don't have porcupines because the interesting thing about that is why I saw scissors is you know how you get those quills out of them is you cut them with scissors. You cut the tops of them and then it releases the barb. But I don't know what the loud noise is behind him because there's definitely like a loud noise behind him. The home he came from was definitely, uh, I didn't know, I've never heard of a Brazilian Mastiff. Uh, They're called a Fila Brasileira, the national dog of Brazil. And we've had a lot of mastiffs up here. Um, we're the only large dog rescue in this whole area. Uh, it's a big county. And um, I was surprised I've never heard of a Brazilian mastiff. And the only reason I know that is because the, the owner, the original owner, um, called me. And he he was a terrible human being. I mean, I could tell um. over the phone. The reason was is I had him listed on the website as something else, I think, a, a, whatever, a lab mastiff or something. And he wanted me to know that it was that he was a purebred Brazilian mastiff, and uh, the guy was very, uh, uh, um, I guess the nicest euphemism would be, um, is a cowboy, um, yeah. very macho kind of cowboy. But he, um, we we didn't know that his history as far as um, being surrendered or stray. And um, I think he's definitely been th- – I mean, he, he was so fearful. And for such a large dog to be so fearful um, of everything, I mean, any little noise, any sudden movement, any other dog, any person, uh, the only person he trusted was me in the beginning, and it was because I was assertive yet loving. You know, we we could we ran together a lot in the beginning, and we still run all the time. But uh, it's, And he still you'll, – you'll see him – there's these kind of perturbations, you know, where he'll have these flare-ups where he, um, he he regresses back into that that moment where mm. there's some kind of terror has happened in his past, you know, that he'll he'll remember, 
And then mm. he kind of then you'll see him snap right back out of it with with some kind of affirmation. You know, you give him some kind of hey, it's all right, blue, or where you know, oh. he kind of goes, so, oh, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. it's so good that. Yeah, it's so good that you notice that when that's happening because so many people, they they don't realize it. They don't see it. Um, but, like, also to praise those calming signals, you know, the licking and the yawning and the blinking of the eyes um, when he goes into that post-traumatic stress to get him to calm himself again. Um, he keeps saying that there was a lot of aggression towards him when he was younger. Like, I see a lot of people, like, rushing at him and kicking him and pushing him and yeah. and him just being really confused. This guy told me that, of the few words that he told me, because I got I got not very happy with him uh, pretty quickly, but the little bit of information I was able to glean was that he blew, um, nipped, or bit one of his sons. I guess the guy had many children, um, and I don't oh. think, judging by the sound of it, I don't think anyone was very nice to him. No, uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. It's so sad. I'm so glad you have him and that and he, he was, has this new future to think about and a new life, and he doesn't yeah. even have to go back there anymore. Yeah. The guy purchased, he was very emphatic about how much he spent on the dog, also kind of trying to re- reinforce this guy's status in the world, you know, that he spent $2,000 on the dog and that he's a purebred mm-hmm. Brazilian massive. And the first, the very, when you go onto the internet and look up Fila Brasileira, there talks about their emphatic, the emphatic defense of their territory, that they're, they're relentlessly protective of an area mm-hmm. um, and to the, like to the death defensive and that they're no. also very hesitant of strangers. Um, but mm-hmm. that if they're properly socialized at a young age, they can be just like any other dog. So right. we didn't have the advantage of having them come here at a young age. However, yeah. with enough, I mean, it just goes to show, you know, with enough persistence and enough, um, enough boundaries, enough routine, enough structure, enough um, affirmation and encouragement, as well as uh, I mean, there's a, there are ways to be assertive without striking or harming or being there there are millions of ways to be assertive with a dog um, where they will recognize and appreciate you and listen to you without having to be aggressive um Mm -hmm. it it just goes to show that you can really rehabilitate anybody right that is amazing zach thank you so much for all that you do sure and uh, zach tell us how we can help baloo and how we can help marley's mutts well our two biggest uh the two biggest places you can go are marleysmutts.com, very simple, our website, just M-A-R-L-E-Y-S-M-U-T-T-S.com. And the other is our Facebook. Our Facebook is kind of a hub of uh, social net- Social media is obviously very important, and we do a lot of Facebook because um, Rescue Life up here is pack living. Dogs are constantly coming in and out, being adopted, um, coming up from the shelter in Bakersfield, um, and mostly Bakersfield, which is a incredibly large shelter, up to 1,000 right. dogs there at any given time. Uh, with roughly a 75% euthanasia rate, do, do the math. Um, and uh, really, people can follow us. Just it's like a like a soap opera, and it's it's kind of intriguing how how wonderful our support is on Facebook and how much people yeah. really appreciate checking in daily and finding out what's going on with so and so. And we have a couple of very feral stray kind of golden cocker mixes that have been running around our mountain community for months. And we were able to capture them the old-fashioned way, which is basically wrangling them and and almost like noodling, you know, catfish um, yeah. fishing where they noodle. That was it was like that. It was basically jumping and you know grabbing behind the scruff of the neck, and um, because we didn't have any live cage, you know, cages right. to capture them in. And now they're up here. They're they're on their way to socialization, and they're they're doing great. great. So That's as amazing. As I talk to you, I'm surrounded. I got six dogs with me. Uh, Butch and Sundance, Gigi, Baloo, everyone's kind of laying around. and um, There's a lot of wonderful stories up here. People would love to get in. If you want to get involved, just hit us up on Marley's Mutt's Dog Rescue on Facebook or uh, go to the website. And we'll have all that stuff on our Facebook and website as well, so we'll have those links ready for our listeners. And thank you so much for being on our show. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I never had... I I didn't think I would be able to so automatically embrace something like this, but uh, what a cool experience. Oh, and you're doing it, too. You're doing it all the time with those dogs. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Definitely a cool experience. You sold me, young lady. Oh, I'm so 
glad. I'm so glad. Yeah, yeah you hear them too. You really do. I, I oh, think yeah. it's just me sitting on the ground before I go to bed babbling nonsense to them. <laughs> but, uh, it's not you know, nonsense. Maybe it works. <laughs> no, it definitely works. <laughs> and I'm speaking English, but it's very baby-like English. Yeah. Well, Zach from Marley's Nuts, thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys I'll very see much. See you next time. Thank right, you. Bye. That's amazing. Wow. I know he's so great. Yeah, so really great amazing. what he's doing. <laughs> well, let's uh, get to a call before our show is, ends. Let's take. Okay. Uh, let's see who we should take here. We got. I have- say that during that segment, Seymora was outside, and she mm-hmm. has noticed the open window, and she has climbed in the window. <laughs> so, which is Oh, by the way, talk. someone was uh, wondering if Seymora could do the uh, words of wisdom today, so... Oh, I well, I guess that's... maybe that's why she climbed in the window. Yeah, she I think that might be... Sitting on Serafina's bed, and Serafina does not look too happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got a caller, uh, Bailey, who is a 12-year-old basset hound tricolor with bits of gray. She's throwing up and eating dirt from the planter. Let's talk to her mom, Colleen. Let's see, Colleen, tell us about uh, Bailey. What's going on? Um, Hi there. Uh, Recently, she has started uh, throwing up, and I took her to um, a vet who gave her some acupuncture and gave her some stuff saying that she, you know, was probably gastritis. And it helped a little bit, um, and that she's really um, almost nearly stopped the savage grass eating and throwing up. But what I've recently noticed is her sticking her nose into my houseplant and eating the soil out of the houseplant. So I'm wondering, is this part of gastritis, or is it stress, or... You know, what, tell, what, me what, tell me what she looks like again. Um, so she's a pretty small basset hound. She's only about 42 pounds, and she's tricolor, so she's brown, white, and black. Okay, great. And do you know that soil is a probiotic? So it sounds like she needs a probiotic in her diet. Okay. So, um, but let's ask her how she's feeling and why she's why she's doing that. Okay, hold on. I'm eating dirt because it tastes good to me, and it does soothe my stomach, and it also soothes my poopy. It tastes really good. I haven't been feeling well. There's a problem inside of me. I feel like I'm going to cough all the time. Does she cough at all? No, she doesn't do any coughing. Because it's interesting because there's something like at the bottom of her throat that she feels too. Okay. And I also have a pain in my stomach, but I'm not sure if it's from what I'm eating. Because every time I eat, I get a juicy feeling in my stomach. Where do you feed her? Um, I feed her Nutramax dog food, and then I mix in cooked chicken and rice with it. Oh, um, you could feed her better dog food than Nutramax. Okay. Um, chicken and rice is good. Like a good switch from the Nutramax is just natural balance. Okay. When, when you've been feeding her chicken and rice, did she start to throw up before the chicken and rice or after? Um, I've always uh, fed her chicken and rice. Oh, because sometimes they can have an allergy to rice. Um, Okay, would it be an allergy that could come on at a later age or? Yeah, yeah, it can. It can, yeah. Um, So it's interesting about that soil eating, and she says that tastes good. Like, you know, who would think soil would taste good? So she's actually craving it because she needs it, unless there's like fish emulsion or something in it. No. You know, that, yeah, so um, I would definitely get her on a probiotic. And okay. I'd, I'd try and get her off the Nutramax just because it's not the highest quality food. And like a natural balance, um, grain-free would be good. But the chicken is great. 
Um, but it might be also too like maybe Nutramax like changed their food and maybe because it's her saying that it starts to hurt after she eats is a big sign too. You know that okay. something's going on with the actual food. Okay. Um. She says it doesn't take, taste much different than it has been. So she's saying she doesn't notice a taste difference in her food. Okay. But I do want to say that I do need to feel better. Okay. You you had said that it the dirt helps her poop. Is that what she said? That's what she said. It helps her. Like, it reminds me of, like, her poop is stinging a little bit. Like, it feels... I don't know if it's diarrhea, but, you know, that feeling of, like, having to have diarrhea, it's sort of that mm-hmm. feeling. And she feels like it helps that feeling. Okay. Um, so uh, I think a probiotic would help her. Okay. Your vet should have known that, I think. should have picked that up. Um yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. That's all we can really say. Okay. Well, she wasn't oh, eating the dirt when I took her to the vet. She was just eating oh, grass. Was it? Oh, she also said that um, she doesn't smell as well as she was. So her okay. whole sort of system is not working as well. I would get her off the probiotic, I mean, oh. off the Future Max, and on a um, natural balance, grain free. <laughs> And then also um, um, put her on a probiotic. And you also do like a coconut oil, which you could get at the health food store. That's really good for digestion also and can help with that feeling. Okay. So you would just pour that a little bit on the dog food? You use like a teaspoon or two teaspoons. I think it's a teaspoon for 30 pounds of body weight. Okay. For coconut oil. Yeah, and definitely check in with your vet again and see, you know. Yeah, yeah. remember I'm not a vet, so I can't really give you veterinary advice, but from my experience, those things help. (laughs) Yeah. Colleen, call us back and let us know if things change after you try some of those changes or if you go to the vet and find out something different. Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much. All right, thank you. Oh, she also said to tell my mom I want a squishy toy. I hope she's still listening. <laughs> okay. What was I forget Bailey? <laughs> Bailey says squishy yeah. toy. Okay. Uh, last call. This has to be super quick, so I'm sorry okay. to rush our next caller. Okay. Um, okay. So we have let's see. Uh, Mom, the cat. The cat um, was adopted from the pound. It's brown and black, white Siamese female, 12 years old. Okay. And we have Taylor. Um, the line with mom. Hi, Taylor. Hi, guys. Hi. Tell us so, about mom. So I got mom about six months ago, and they said they were going to put her down because nobody wanted her. She was adopted out three different times after being brought in at the age of 10 and always brought back. So I took her in, and I was going to see what was wrong with her, like why no one wanted her, and she is honestly the best cat I've ever had. She talks oh, cool. 24-7, though. Like, oh. we have full conversations. I have no idea what she's saying to me, though. Oh. But I don't I don't know why, like, what was going on with her, why she was abandoned at the age of 10 years old after being declawed and fixed. That, to me, is very oh, odd. Oh, sad. Okay, so, let's get her. So you want to know her history? Yeah. I'd be more than happy to tell you my history. <laughs> I didn't do well with people because I didn't have the right person. They weren't very smart. <laughs> and nobody really paid attention to me. But my mom oh my now God. is very considerate. And she spends a lot of time talking to me. <laughs> yeah, I do. And she always tells me, this is the way it is and this is the way it's going to be. And I just figure, well, that sounds good. And you know what? When I talk to my mom, she hears me too. She says to me, oh, really? (laughs) And I say, yeah, let me tell you more. (laughs) That's the exact conversations we have. (laughs) 
I always tell her to tell me more. I'm like, oh, let me know about your day. (laughs) (laughs) That's so super cute. So she's saying she's happy now? I spent my whole life to get here. And I'm just like, forget all those people. I'm at home. Oh, Oh, and some animals can be, poor me, my old life. So I just think I'm happy now. So let's leave it at that. (laughs) Oh, my God. It sounds just like what she would say. That makes me feel better. Oh, my goodness. So So she just wasn't happy. Oh, she's so adorable. She's so happy. That's so super cute. I'm so glad that you have her. I'm so glad I have her. Thank you for letting me know what she was saying. Now I don't feel like I'm having the wrong conversation. No, you're having exactly the right one. (laughs) You know, you always want to have the right response to people. (laughs) Thanks so much, Taylor, for calling in. Oh, thank you guys. And thanks to Mom. (laughs) Yes, thanks to Mom. Okay. Bye. That is... So cute. I love I love that. That whole like some some animals, what was it? They say poor me, my old life. <laughs> it's true. You know, sometimes you do get stuck feeling sorry for yourself. I know. Oh my gosh. That's very so, positive. I know. So poor Serafina got kicked out of her bed from Seymora during this. And <laughs> And Seymour, and Seraphine is just looking up at Seymour like, oh, my gosh, now Luca has climbed the cat steps up to the bed and is trying to kick Seymour off the bed so he can lie there. <laughs> but she's not moving. She's the boss. Seymour. <laughs> yeah, now you know you can climb in the house from outside. I'm not sure I wanted her to know that. <laughs> well, it is time for words of wisdom, and we got a request. In the chat room, uh, oh, yes. me, yeah, it was. Um, let me see if I can remember who it is. Uh, I think it was the Mouse Maiden. I'm not sure if that's incorrect. Let me know, guys, in the chat room. I think it was Mouse Maiden who told me to have Seymour be the um, words of wisdom today. <laughs> so we have a request. We got a request. Well, whoever that was, sure did send it out because she's here and ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, words of wisdom. All right, Timora, your words of wisdom today. Are you ready to say the words of wisdom? What do you want to say? Birds love sunshine. I don't know if that's words of wisdom. Would, what Could you say that's really wise that maybe could help all the other animals and people who are listening? If you have a bird, they need to eat chicken and fruit. Okay, well, that's your diet. So what could be really wise? What do you want to say? Always believe your animal is going to be nice. Because if you believe they're going to be bad, they will. And like that Zach guy does. Because he says to the animals, if I changed, you all can change. And I think that's a good thing to say to the animals. Oh, wow, that's a good one, don't you think? Seymour comes through. I know, Seymour. I can't believe you were listening to Zach talking. I was like, I'm like that Mastiff. Well, you were used to be a little bit like that Mastiff, didn't you? Because you did have a biting issue once. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Right? Not anymore. Because she says, because I was like, she's coming home and she's going to be good. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was coming back home. Everyone was like, oh, my God, lock the gates. I'm never coming to your house. <laughs> My parents were like, don't say it. I'm never coming to your house. That bird's crazy. Oh <laughs> well, thank you, Seymour, for coming through with with words of wisdom. For our, all of you. 
tune in next week um, on the Pet Psychic Radio Show. Um, until then, go to thepetpsychic.com. Talk to your animals. Oh, and I have a free class tonight. Go to thepetpsychic.com for more info. 6 p.m. <laughs> <laughs>